Damo, you big sweet tooth. Yes, MP, you chocoholic. So naughty but nice, we're a hit at the Wellness Summit and I want more. Well, how does 20 recipes in their free ebook Heavenly Healthy Desserts sound, MP? Jeepers, Damo, I'm loving that. Or you can hop on down to their brand new cafe, Selection Cafe in South Melbourne and receive 10% off your favourite healthy desserts. Woohoo! To do so, go to sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch and fill in your details to receive your free ebook and discount voucher. That's www.sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch. So naughty but nice. Delicious nutrition. Thewellnesscouch.com. Streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now, please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson Casey. Hello there, everybody. How are you going? Welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson Casey the show where we are giving you the how-to to get the best out of you. And today we are talking to me. And it is so amazing to catch up with you straight after the Wellness Summit. What a weekend. It was my very first Wellness Summit. And it was really, really, really cool. And what is the most breathtaking element of the Wellness Summit is, of course, the tribe that these three guys have created over time. It is really incredible to see a room. I think there was 695 people there to see a big room full of people whose hearts and minds and bodies were all in the same place. They were all there because they wanted to make improvements to their health and the health of the people they love and the people in their lives. So it's really amazing to sit in a room where everyone's curious about what's next in terms of their health and well-being. And it is truly amazing to see the belief and faith that the wellness guys have not just in themselves and their message, but also in you, you guys that, that go to these things like the Wellness Summit and listen to the podcasts and and know that we're here recording these shows just for you. We're, we're talking to you so that you can find ways, um, new ways or remember old ways or share stories about how to improve your health and well-being. And that is exactly why I'm here with you today, sharing bits and pieces. And what I wanted to do is share with you what I spoke about at the Wellness Summit and also expand on some of the ideas that I mentioned at the Wellness Summit. And what I spoke about were the key ingredients to change, because we all know that that's one of the trickiest things, isn't it? We we often know what it is that we need to be doing or thinking, um, but we we struggle to take the action that it takes to bring that new behavior in. I struggle with it too, you know, doing the, the behavior day after day or shifting that thinking and practicing that day after day. So what I wanted to talk about is from a therapeutic context, what do we know creates change in people? Because we all know that we're, that you're listening to this because you want to know why and how. And we need to build that knowledge on how do we bridge that gap between knowing better and doing better because it's often quite huge. So essentially what it is about therapy that helps people make sustained change is is 
ultimately changing the sequence of think, feel and do. And the think, feel and do is quite obvious when you go into CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy because what we know is what we think influences how we feel and what we do and backwards and forwards and roundabout. So you think of having a circle and think, feel and do are having arrows backwards and forwards. So what you feel or how you feel in the morning influences what you do, for example, exercise, and then what you do might influence what you think, and then backwards and forwards. So what you're thinking in the morning might influence what you do. So it goes round and round. So what I wanted to talk about was um, understanding that there's kind of a, a few secrets to what a good therapist knows works in therapy. And the really interesting thing is... A study done by Miller and colleagues, um, these are the guys that wrote The Heart and Soul of Change, if you're interested. But in one of the studies that they did, they looked at the different key factors in therapy. And so the first 15% of therapeutic outcomes, or so what contributed to a positive outcome in therapy, was the therapy type that the therapist used. So this could have been CBT or narrative therapy. So narrative therapy is sort of reauthoring your story and changing the story. Um, interpersonal therapy is looking at your interpersonal relationships, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, and other therapy types. So 15% of the positive outcomes in therapy are usually related to the therapy type used. So this can be quite interesting for people who are very married to their therapy technique of choice. Um, but according to their study, only 15% of positive outcomes are related to therapy type. Now, the next 15% is super interesting as well because 15% is related to expectancy. So that means the expectation that there will be a positive outcome just by participating in therapy. So that's really interesting, really important in terms of understanding how powerful hopefulness is in terms of getting really great results out of therapy. So the next bit, this is where I come into it in, in terms of being the therapist, but the next 30% of what makes therapy work is the therapeutic relationship. And this has been another particular interest area of mine um, for quite some time. So in terms of the therapeutic relationship, this is where there's a connection between the therapist and the client and they work towards goals or agreed goals together and the pathway to reach that goal or those goals is agreed upon that that everybody knows what what the expectations are of, of coming to therapy and, for example, homework tasks, if the therapist sets homework tasks. So there's different aspects to the therapeutic relationship that contribute quite significantly to the overall outcome. And I guess you could say this is kind of like relationships. You know, sometimes we do meet people and for whatever reason, you just don't click. And that can be the same with a therapist. And that's why I always encourage people to to be checking out the therapist as much as the therapist is doing the assessment of their psychological health needs. It can also be about what's what's the, the feel here? Does it feel like there can be an agreement on goals and that they're going to be a team to work together to reach those goals? So, so we've had 15% is on therapy type, 15% is on expectancy, that hopefulness, and 30% is about the therapeutic relationship. So now... We get to the even juicier bits because the next, all the rest of it, the whole 40% of what contributes 
to positive outcomes in therapy is what the client brings to the therapy session in the first instance. Now, I love this because this is the most beautiful part of my job is to sit down with people and start to understand what their strengths are, what they're they're great at, you know, even when they don't know. So sometimes someone will come and see me and they are severely depressed, really low. They struggle to even get out of bed in the morning. But when they come and see me and they feel helpless or hopeless, whatever it might be, and very low and fatigued and just loss of interest across pretty much every area of their life, then I have to remind them that to get to this point in time where they're sitting opposite me, first of all, they had to ring the GP and make an appointment. And then they had to get themselves to the GP and talk to the GP about their pain and about where they're at at the moment. And then they had to ask for a referral to see me. And then they had to ring me and make an appointment to see me. And then they had to bring themselves to sit opposite me for a whole hour and bear their soul and their pain and their concerns and their stories. And that's amazing because already what I know about them is that they have persistence and courage that is already there and they are motivated to be in a different place. And those three things that that courage and persistence and motivation are an amazing start to, start to, to make change, to help plan the pathway to make things different in their lives. And that's what I see is that 40% is that amazing gifts that already lie in that precious human across from me. And I love bringing out those strengths and, and shining a light on them and dusting them off so that that person can see that they have the or have had these strengths all along. And you might remember from when I often draw some analogies from The Wizard of Oz that this is the whole premise of The Wizard of Oz is that Dorothy went on this journey but in fact she had these skills the whole time. You know, she she only had to start to trust herself and and open her eyes to the strengths that she had and then and she realized she had these strengths the whole time and I think that's what happens with most of us you know we lose sight of our past successes we forget what difficulty we survived things where we said to ourselves I don't know if I can do this or this is too much or too hard and yet we travel through it Maybe even it was the next day and we woke up and we felt a bit better. Or maybe it was even three months later or three years later. But despite how long it took, we got through. We survived. There was something within us that allowed us to make those incredible changes. So even when someone is extremely depressed, there is strengths within them that allow them to make amazing change and get to a new place and yes sometimes people do need medication and and that helps create that pathway to for therapy to work but it's really important to understand as a therapist and as a client entering therapy that 40 percent research has shown that approximately 40 percent of positive outcomes in therapy are related to what the client brings with them so I think that's just beautiful and empowering you know to know that so 
The other really interesting thing to bear in mind, though, is that there's a lot, you know, what we think and how we behave are absolutely critical. You know, I can think about things, you know, so strongly. And I often joke with some of my clients that I could think all day that I'm an orange. I could think really, really, really hard that I'm an orange all day. I'm an orange. But that doesn't make me an orange. So yes, our thoughts are extremely powerful, but that's not the end of the story. It's about how we behave closer to the to the goals that we have that helps us solidify that change. So of course, it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, I really want to change my body shape. Okay, then I need to do the behaviors that contribute to that that body shape changing. But what's really interesting is also how much do we realize that we contribute to our own success? So one of the other things that I talked about at the Wellness Summit was another piece of research done in 2008 by Power and colleagues. And what they found was amazing. What they did was they had a warehouse of rooms of decreasing size and they had two groups of people that I put through a series of exercise exercises moving through rooms of decreasing size and difficulty and as they moved through the rooms they were coached and they got to the end successfully so they managed their anxiety and their fear of being in confined spaces very successfully by the end and then they took the two different groups into two separate rooms they said to the first group you took a placebo All your successes today, you didn't take any medication. They were your successes. Then the second group was told, you took an anti-anxiety medication. And what they did was they followed up both groups over time, over a series of weeks and months after the exercise. And one particular group showed a return of symptoms. Can you guess which group that would be? It was the group that were told that they took anti-anxiety medication. But the fascinating thing was they all took placebo. No one took any medication at all. And they did all the follow-up. And the group that believed that their results were due to taking medication had a return of symptoms. And why is that? Because they believed that their successes from that exercise were related to something else outside of themselves that their success in that exercise must have been due to the medication that they took but they didn't take any medication but their belief that they did rob them of that success and that's why it's really important to know that it is often the success our success is often related to knowing that we really do have those strengths within us. And so the results of that study show that our belief about our strengths and skills is so significant when it comes to our success with making behavior change persistent over time so that it's lasting behavior change and it's lasting in terms of the way that we think. But it's really interesting to also know how much, you know, how we think tends to be sabotaged by ourselves. So the interesting other point I want to illustrate in terms of the therapeutic setting is I mentioned before about hope and expectancy. Now, I'm really trying to concentrate here, but I don't know if you can hear it at the moment. But my husband has decided to do 
something with a drill right outside my door. So I don't. I do apologize if you can hear the sound of whatever he's trying to. Do. I, I did mention to him that I was about to do a recording, but clearly he forgot that and has decided to do some fairly heavy renovations, whatever he's doing outside. So I do apologize if you can hear that. Okay, so what was I talking about? I was talking about coming to see a therapist. That's right. And that, coming to see me, is not a magical experience or any other therapist. But as I said, where the magic really happens is the skill of the therapist in terms of trying to get a great result from you or whoever it is who's sitting in front of them and, and digging out and highlighting some of those beautiful skills and strengths that have been sitting in there gathering dust. So... Can you just hang on a second? I am just going to go and ask my husband if he can please stop using his drill. Just a moment. Right here, I have flagged down said husband and he is now (laughs) stopping drilling. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was some of the highlights for me um, as a fan or a tourist at the Wellness Summit. So... I think one of the most amazing moments for me was rushing in in the morning and being completely flustered and in chaos and sweaty and all those kinds of things and realizing that I probably wouldn't be able to put up my little stand. You know how some speakers have the pop-up stands at their, um, at their tables and I was fumbling around with mine and then I heard this lovely voice say, can I give you a hand? And there was Dr. Brett Hill ready to give me a hand to put my stand up. And I thought it was so sweet and lovely. And he was very calm. And um, I felt a lot better after he helped me get my stand up with all the little fiddly bits on it and, and popping up the abnormal psychologist and stand. So that was pretty cool. And that was actually the first time I've met Dr. Brett Hill in person. So that was really nice to meet him. Um, I have met Marcus on several occasions and he was outstanding in the way that he coordinates these incredible events. Um, You know, the Wellness Summit was just, you know, seamless in terms of how it was all put together and the speakers. Um, Now, one of the other moments that I thought was really cool was getting to sit next to Dr. Damien Christoph and his lovely wife. And I had a quick chat to her and it was just really lovely to talk to her and hear about how how uh, uh, proud and amazed she is at just the the absolute vision and belief in in this this thing that is the wellness guys and the amazing uh, phenomena that they have created in terms of turning people's health around and empowering people to understand what it is they need to do to get their health and thinking and all sorts of things uh, into a better place. And so, of course, Lawrence Tam got to meet him in person as well, which was really amazing. And he is just the sweetest, loveliest guy and was so generous with his time. And uh, I got to have a bit of a chat to him too about different books and things we were reading. And so that was amazing to talk to him. And of course, I snapped up a photo with him as well, which was great. Um, But of course, there were some really amazing presentations by the girls from Up For A Chat with Cindy. Um, I had a great presentation on, on food and nutrition and Kim had a great presentation and so did Karen. Um, and it was also really super cool to meet some of the other speakers from all the different shows. Um, the Vitality Hackers were great. Um, the Wellness Entrepreneur 
There was some, um, the back chat guys. It was just amazing to meet them all in person. And it's, you know, it's so, um, I think it's important for you guys to know just how passionate they are, or we all are, about getting information across to you and sharing with you what we think will make a difference. I think some of the other really cool moments were backstage before we all got to run on stage, and that was really interesting as well. Um, having us all huddled in the dark, ready to run on the stage. Really awesome as well to be standing there so so close with some of these health gurus that I've admired for afar, some of the speakers on the wellness couch, having it admired them from a distance for so long and finally get to meet them. That was really awesome. But I think what was uh, really very motivating and inspiring was, yes, all the speakers, but it was the people that were there. You know, there's some... There were some amazing people there. And if you're at the Wellness Summit, you know who I'm talking about. Some of the men and women who have incredible stories um, about um, their struggles and and what they've put in place and how they've tried to turn their family's health around. Um, Nat Kringudis was amazing, um, sharing her story about her family um, and their health journey. That was really amazing to hear that. And I think in the breaks as well, where I had opportunities to meet people one-on-one and and hear what they're doing um, in terms of um, their fights, that they're fighting. My goodness me, there's some people out there who are really putting up a damn good fight to to change their health and the health of the people that they love. And, you know, it's worth the effort, isn't it? Because what's the alternative? If we don't if we don't put in that consistent effort every day, and I know it sounds exhausting, but what is the alternative? What do we do if we don't fight? What do we do if we don't fight for our health? Who is going to fight for our health? And why should we wait till something really awful happens for us to realize just how valuable our health is? And that's something that I got from the summit was that there's some people out there who are so brave and there are people out there who really have the endurance to to make the effort every single day to to improve their health or keep their health. And then I think, you know, what what excuse do I have to not be doing everything I can to improve my health? Because no one else is going to. So just like in therapy where we know that the positive outcomes in therapy are split across those four areas. You know, I have to look at what methods am I using to get my health on track? You know, what is my expectation? Do I really believe in my own success? Am I talking to myself? Am I visualizing my success every single day? And who do I have to help me with my accountability? Who am I in a relationship with that helps me to agree on goals and realistically achieve them? But as I said, you know, the most powerful, significant proportion of what brings about change in therapy is what I have within me already or what you have within you. And so in terms of the fight to bring about healthy changes for all of us, you have to be willing to put in the fight to discover what it is about yourself and what it is that you have within there already. What is it that you have that you know is in there? And you know you have survived difficulty before, no matter when it was or how long ago it was or how messy it was. In the end, you got through. So you know already, just like I do, as soon as someone walks in my office, is that they already have courage. 
They already have motivation. They already have persistence. And that's why you've listened to this podcast all the way through, despite my husband's drilling, is because you are listening to this because you already have what it takes. You already have within you that persistence and courage and motivation. I just ask that you fight for it, that you put in the effort little bit day by day to get closer to where you need to be in terms of your thinking and your behaving so that you feel better and I will be here cheering you on every single week bringing you stories of other people's successes and sharing with you lots of ideas so If you want to come along and get some more information on resilience, then I'd love for you to come to my workshops and you can check them out by going to carriethompsoncasey.com and going to the events or store. I have really enjoyed having you with me today and I look forward to listening to you again or you listening to me and sharing your stories. Please email. I'd love to hear from you. Carrie at carriethompsoncasey.com. So please spread the word and tell your friends to listen to and subscribe to Tap in iTunes. And don't forget to give the show a five-star rating if you liked it. For more information about events and programs, please visit CarrieThompsonCasey.com. That's Thompson without a P. Thank you for joining me and see you on the next episode of The Abnormal Psychologist, where we share real people's stories and give you real ideas so that you can realize your potential. Take care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.